Just over a week ago, I found myself listening to the lyrics of the song Pompeii by Bastille. It's not new by any means, but I hadn't paid much attention to the lyrics before. It references the Roman city frozen in time by volcanic ash. And to be honest, until I started this podcast, I hadn't reflected much on song lyrics, but I've found songs to speak deeply to me as of late. This one spoke to my fear of waking up one day to realize I'd been frozen in complacency. I've realized as I listen to this song that I'm terrified of failing to make the most of the precious time that I have in this life. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm Josiah Holland, born in 1996, and the last four of my social security number are none your business. This podcast is my attempt to merge humor, philosophy, and whatever interesting things I encounter along the way. Leading into the weekend I heard this song, a lot had been priming me to find its lyrics relevant. Two weeks before, I'd been offered a job in Cincinnati. I needed to give them an answer on Monday, and it was Thursday night. Would I turn down a good offer in hopes of something better, or at least something that would keep me in Nashville? Change is scary. That same weekend I received the offer, one of my best friends confided in me that he felt compelled to break up with his girlfriend. The relationship wasn't toxic. If anything, it was fun and life-giving. So why break up? He realized that he didn't love her, and he didn't see that changing. With that realization came the responsibility to do the right thing, even if it was the hard thing. To cut ties. Despite his fear of loneliness and the pain he knew it would cause her, he freed her from his inability to love her as she had loved him. Had he not decided to end things, might she have eventually come to see that he wasn't capable of reciprocating her love and cut ties herself? Of course, but once he realized it, it would have been dishonest of him not to tell her. Perhaps he will be perceived by some as a coward, painted as fearful of commitment. However, my respect for him has grown. He is far from perfect, and he was far from perfect in that relationship, but he did something difficult for the sake of something better. And if I were in his situation, I wonder if I would possess the conviction that possessed him. They broke up the weekend before I studied the lyrics of this song. And let me tell you, change is scary. That same weekend, I celebrated the wedding of an old college friend. He committed the rest of his life to a woman he loves. In saying I do to one woman, he said I don't to all the women in the world. Wow, it seems scary at first, a huge sacrifice. But knowing how much he loves her, I believe he hardly noticed the sacrifice in comparison to all that he has gained in hearing her reciprocate his vows. In his shoes, though, would I have been so bold as to declare my love and propose? Will I one day find the courage to commit the rest of my life to someone as broken and imperfect as myself? Change is scary. In some senses, I agonized over my decision about whether or not to take the job in Cincinnati. In other senses, I avoid thinking about it at all. If I could have wished the decision away, I would have. My parents called me every day and forced me to externally process to a certain extent. I didn't like it, to be honest but I'm grateful for their persistence and their unbiased questions that force me to think more seriously about my options. Because change is scary. I wish I had been more prayerful in the decision, 
coming into 2019 January was defined by a prayerfulness that hadn't been part of my previous experience. I walked with God all day long. It was as though I could speak to Him at any moment. In fact, many moments of the day I did exactly that. While my belief in this being possible hasn't changed, my attitude and my habit has changed. Busyness crept in, and by the end of February, prayer was dull again. So going into this decision, I wish I had been walking with the Lord like I was then. Wrestling with it by myself was too tough, let alone with God, and by the end I made a half-hearted effort to pray and fast for two days. But I did a pitiful job of praying. The same is true of my fasting attempt. It felt more like a nod to religiosity, something I did out of pride to impress people, instead of something I did out of genuine faith. So I apologize if you find this reflection boring or irrelevant to you, but I needed to be honest with myself about how I made this decision. I needed to face the fact that I could have been better. Not that my decision necessarily could have been better, but that my process could have been. I trust that God will use me in Cincinnati. But in my next decision, I pray that I will not be so paralyzed by fear leading up to it. You see, change is scary, but it's also inevitable. And God gives us the freedom to shape our lives according to his purposes with our choices. So thinking about the lyrics from the song Pompeii, a person frozen for eternity speaks to another as the entire city is being covered in ash. He says, I was left to my own devices. Many days fell away with nothing to show, and the walls kept tumbling down in the city that we love. We were caught up and lost in all of our vices. In your pose as the dust settled around us, and the walls kept tumbling down in the city that we love. Oh, where do we begin? The rubble or our sins? But if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like nothing changed at all? And if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like you've been here before? Hmm. The person in Pompeii couldn't outrun life. In the question of where to begin, with the rubble or his sin, he alludes to the frivolousness of trying to change his situation or his life in those last moments. Death comes like a thief in the night. So then, how might I live without fear of death? How might I avoid waking up? in my last breath, to the realization that my days were spent with nothing to show. Yes, change is scary, but the consequences of not changing ought to be scarier. I could continue living without purpose at the end of my days, close my eyes to ignore reality, or alternatively, I could heed the warning emanating from Pompeii. I could welcome change. I can begin clearing the rubble and trusting God to forgive me of my sins. And so, I realized that I could stay in Nashville and live with new, refined purpose, or I could move to a new city and be forced to rebuild my life through new commitments of my time. And while I'm not running from anything, not ashamed of how I've spent my time here, I deeply appreciate the relationships and the sweet community I have in Nashville, and I think that in moving to Cincinnati, I will be forfeiting the beauty inherent to being somewhere long-term. But God hasn't called me to plant my life in Nashville. He has called me to faithfulness. I believe I can be faithful in Nashville, Cincinnati, a lot of places. Although rebuilding my life in Cincinnati won't be easy, I couldn't be more excited. When I moved to Nashville five years ago, I knew no one. 
It was hard, but I grew so much. And substantive relationships back home have continued. And in the same way, I expect many friendships to fall away like chaff with this next move. But the ones of substance, I'm not worried about. Needless suffering is futile, but sometimes there are growing pains worth experiencing. So, I've pulled the trigger. I'm moving to Cincinnati, and I don't think it was the right or the wrong decision. It simply was a decision, and it will bear its consequences in time. Whether or not those consequences are favorable is in large part up to God's providence and my commitment to making good decisions from here forward. Where will I live? Where will I go to church? Where will I serve? How will I spend my time? Who will be my friends? What will become of my values? Will I be guided by virtue or immediate gratification? I've set in motion a domino effect of decision-making that will have real ramifications the rest of my life. But I'm not scared because I know to whom I belong. My value doesn't come from my salary, my title, my address, or the number of people who know me. It comes from my Heavenly Father.